3: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's
4: 12.03, Thursday afternoon, November 2nd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. You can discover the truth about your online presence by uncovering your digital footprint. We'll discuss how to do so in our next segment. But first, on the economic front today, we're seeing productivity soar, labor costs drop, and factory orders surge. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Bob Brusca, Chief Economist, Facted Opinion Economics, based in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Productivity higher, wage growth slowing down. That seems like a good recipe for fighting inflation.
5: Yeah, it does. Um, these are good economic reports today. Even though markets are behaving very well, um, and if the news can keep coming in like this, it would be a terrific thing. But you know, the productivity data tend to be fairly erratic, and we still have uh, no trend problems with productivity growth. Uh, this is a pretty nice increase that we've got today the uh, output numbers were up by 2.2 percent over four quarters prefer to look at the uh four quarter numbers that's up from a 1.2 percent four quarter grain before and um in the four quarters before that we're looking at declines so we've got some work to do in order to get back some of the productivity that we lost and um, non-farm compensation is still running at about 4.2 percent that's down from five percent year over year a quarter ago so the compensation side is still giving us pretty strong numbers, uh, looking at the year over year data, but uh, it was a good quarterly number.
4: How do you how how do uh, the statisticians uh, measure product, worker productivity? Uh, what, what's what's the metric that uh, makes that, that 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 puts this report together?
5: Oh, well, it's pretty complicated because, you know, this is a measure for the entire economy and it's really hard in uh, some of the service sectors in particular. But the main idea is that you look at the uh, you look at the nominal increase and then you deflate it by a price indicator. And what's left over is trend. And then you've got the hours worked and you use those two metrics to determine what uh, what labor productivity is done.
4: And then uh, on the labor cost front, I mean, this uh, comes hot in the heels of another report that said uh, wage growth actually went up uh, in in the last month or so. So how can you square these two figures? Or can you?
5: Uh, well, there are different measures. Um, and this is it. The employment cost index is uh, it's a job classification-based index that um, may actually tend to low inflation because some people think that. When people get raises, a lot of time instead of giving them raises, they get promoted to another category. And if that happens, then your increase in compensation is already a wage increase. It's a promotional thing. That's why it doesn't count the same way. Um, there are all these questions when you look at wage changes about whether you're measuring it correctly. Average hourly earnings you'll get tomorrow in the employment report, and that's pretty much a raw But it just throws everything in together, and so. You know, in the average hourly earnings number, if you get more jobs in a in a high wage category, even though wages didn't go up in that category, it will read as an increase in wages. So. Uh, You have to uh, make sure your head isn't on too tight when you look at these numbers and try to understand them.
4: And then we have a uh, warning from the CEO of Target as we are uh, heading into the holiday season. Uh, According to uh, his facts and figures, the uh, American consumer, at least the Target customer, is pulling back in a number of categories.
5: You know, there are a lot of cross currents about this economy. Some people want to say the economy looks so good, the economic statistics look great, but. Now, there has been a lot of fiscal thrust to help cover over different problems. Uh, Students didn't have to pay back their student loans. Some of those loans were forgiven. The president tried to forgive more, and he was stopped, but he has forgiven some. Uh, People who didn't have to pay rent to their landlords if they declared that they had some problem. So there were all kinds of things that were done that helped people to sustain spending and to keep spending going, even though they may not have had substantial income gains. There have been income gains as well. Um, all of this just makes it very complicated to figure out what the real situation is of the consumer. But if Target's seeing people spend less money there, that would be, I'd say, a pretty real indicator because they pretty much know what they're doing. They know what their inventories are. They know what happened last year. They understand uh, their consumer, and that's not good news.
4: Bob Brusca, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday, and if you think you're hidden online, you probably need to think again. We're joined by Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin, and author of the book Swiped, based in Nashville. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Uh, A quick Google search turns up what about you and your personal information?
6: Well, you you can find out a lot of things. And the, the, the way to search yourself most effectively is first put in your name and put it in quotes. And then search either through a private window or Google's incognito mode because you want to make sure your results are neutral and not customized either based on where you are or your browsing history. Also, you may want to check other search engines as well. You also want to pay attention to links on the first page of Google uh, and review images that appear in the Images tab. And you can also search for other data about yourself, and you'll be shocked how how much is out there, your name, your address, your age, uh, different sites that you visited, Um, uh, also, you know, where you live. Uh, email addresses. You can also go to Have I Been Pawned, P-W-N-E-D, to see where any of the sites that you are a frequent visitor of uh, or have accounts on uh, have been breached because this information could also be out there. It could be released by hackers who do it publicly or it could be for sale on the dark web.
4: And then, you know, a, a Above and beyond, let, let's talk about just the basic stuff that you find because I feel like I, I've done this before and of course there's just a, a lot of radio station related stuff from various stops on the dial and in other cities. But like everybody else, you know all of a sudden you find information about your home because uh, when when you bought your house or your property tax information, that's all publicly available.
6: That is correct. That is correct. A lot of tax assessors have that information on their sites and uh, everything from valuation to the date you bought it. Uh, You can also find out if there's any kind of mortgage on it. You can even, in some sites, and they they had this with Vice President Quayle as they went to to sites and they actually found his signature and that of his wife. Uh, So there's so much information out there about you one of the things you need to do is visit the data broker sites and you'll uncover them uh, as you do a personal privacy audit of yourself. And then there are two ways to go on that. Either you can go to uh, sites like Delete Me or the three credit reporting agencies all have services where they will go broker by broker and have your information deleted. Or you can actually go data broker to data broker and request that your information is deleted that's kind of a tedious process that's why i would go with either delete me or the credit reporting agencies or other third-party sites that you can do research on that will get your information deleted
4: and then very quickly adam how can this publicly available information be used against you
6: oh they can basically have enough information about you to to recreate you to steal your identity Uh, and if you think about uh, security questions and answers, for instance, I always tell people lie like a superhero because there's so much information how you, your high school, your college, through LinkedIn, where you work, that uh, if they ask you questions when you're doing security questions and answers, lie like a superhero. Don't tell them your mother's real maiden name. Don't give them the real name of the high school you went to. Don't give them the name of the street you grew up on.
4: Great advice. Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin, based in Nashville. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, a major merger includes Six Flags Great America, and we'll talk about what that means for customers.
3: It's 60 minutes of financial planning. The WBBM Noon
4: Business Hour continues. Six Flags and Cedar Fair are merging creating a theme park powerhouse with 42 park and nine resort properties located across 17 states, Canada and Mexico. Let's talk about the implications for park goers with Andrew Stilwell, writer and podcast host of Coaster101.com based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Andrew, thank you for joining us today. There are a lot of business reasons behind this particular merger, but what is this going to mean? Uh, mean for the roller coaster fanatic the kind of person who makes a pilgrimage every year to gurney and to sandusky ohio to get knocked around by the latest and greatest in roller coasters
0: i think this is going to mean um it's going to be it's a benefit for fans of the industry um i know i know you mentioned that you know there's going to be 42 parks here but you know as a roller coaster fan we count Uh, the the number of roller coasters. And so, with the two parks, or the two companies merging rather, there's now uh, just about 300, just shy of 300 roller coasters uh, that are now all under one umbrella. And if a uh, deliverer has promised that there's going to be a park pass that gets access to all those. Park, park fans are definitely going to see the benefit of that.
4: So this means uh, if you are a, a Six Flags Great America pass holder, you could potentially drive uh, east a couple of hours to Sandusky, Ohio, and use that pass at Cedar Point.
0: Yes, absolutely. There is a chance. Um, I know all of these parks, they have their different levels of season passes. Um, Cedar Fair, for years, has had what they call the Platinum Pass. Six Flags has a Diamond Elite uh, membership. Um, so not only could you go to Cedar Point, you could go up to Michi- Michigan, Michigan's Adventure, uh, head west over to Valley Fair or uh, kind of down southwest down to Worlds of Fun or southeast Kings Island as well. So these are, it It definitely adds a, a new footprint uh, for theme park fans across the country, you know, once that pass is, uh, becomes a thing.
4: We're talking to Andrew Stilwell, uh, writer and podcast host, uh, Coaster101.com. Now, what talk about the innovation inside the roller coaster space, because uh, I do see some coaster fanatics uh, on Facebook. that are the first ones to ride a new roller coaster at Great America. They're the first ones to ride a new one at Cedar Point. And with both of these theme park chains now under one roof, is that going to benefit roller coaster innovation or slow it down?
0: going to it's definitely going to benefit it i think there is a lot of there are a lot of good things that come out of both park chains um cedar fair recently has been focused a lot on creating stories and theming and backstories to their roller coaster uh, they've got one opening at dorney park in pennsylvania this year that kind of tells the story of a steel mill which kind of ties into the local local lore um, while six flags has kind of they're opening right now just in the process of opening these two brand new uh, kids coasters that are kind of first of their kind. They've got these LED lights that are on the track, which creates a really cool visual experience for those riding and not riding. Um, I think being able to kind of combine the the best of both worlds, I think is going to definitely benefit the roller coaster innovation um, and kind of what we can see at parks or regional parks in the U.S. Um, I think it's only going to grow from here.
4: Andrew Stillwell, writer and podcast host of Coaster101.com, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why?
4: the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on news radio WBBM. President Biden calls for a pause in the war in the Middle East to allow for the release of more hostages. A vigil in the Chicago area is focused on the release of captives in Israel. In Technology Thursday, another step's been taken in the effort to control the development and use of artificial intelligence. Also on the tech beat, trying on clothes virtually while shopping online. WBBM business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 468 points. The Nasdaq is up 204. S&P 500 up 71. 49 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies. Going up to 54 today with the real field temperatures in the 40s. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. President Biden wants to see a pause in the war between Israel and Hamas to allow hostages to get out of Gaza, the latest from CBS News correspondent Deborah Potter in East Jerusalem.
0: Exhausted doctors and nurses work around the clock. Israel has urged civilians to flee to safer ground in the south, but the bombs fall there too. People are running from death to death, says Yasmin Judah. For most in Gaza,
5: there is no escape.
4: President Biden has stopped short of calling for a full ceasefire, but there's growing international pressure on Israel to show restraint after two straight days of bombing that has killed civilians in a refugee camp. A vigil was held last night at a synagogue on Chicago's North Side. A ceremony of song and prayer was in support of the more than 200 captives believed to be held by Hamas. Shani Siegel says, "The
2: hostages need to be released instantly." We see the power of the United States of America. We've seen them push for the release of Judith and Natalie. We want the whole world, to stand with us and to help free the hostages.
4: The gathering included a group of six people directly impacted by the Hamas assault in Israel that began on October 7th. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America and president of Tasty Trade in Chicago. J.J., thank you for joining us today. Uh, where Where to begin with this rally? Uh, a lot of positive data points uh, to spring off of today, it sounds like
7: uh, certainly. You know, we had the Fed come out yesterday, and I think you the market took some assurance that they're not raising rates in the near term. Um, you know, much of that being because the bond market itself has done the work for the Fed. But then Starbucks earnings, you know, Starbucks is not one I normally point to in terms of a real positive for the overall market earnings. But their earnings were really good. And what I think we really have to take from that is that a lot of their higher priced drinks uh, were selling well. And so I think that that was something that the market was a little surprised at and took well. So a little glimmer of hope, if you will, there, particularly as we're coming into the holiday spending season, that people are going to continue to spend money, hopefully, at retailers, which I think many are taking uh, some some solace in, if you will. And then we also had PayPal shares up, uh, you know, they're up more than 5% overall. So, you know, you throw in a few others uh, that used to be uh, positive, that used to be popular during the meme stock craze, particularly like Palantir, Peloton, all with some higher earnings. And so I think that some of that today is coming from surprising sources. And then tonight after the close, obviously, you know, you've been talking about, we have Apple earnings. And so with that, I think that that gives a bit more hope for an upside surprise on Apple, too.
4: We're talking to J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America and president of Tasty Trade in Chicago. Now, Jay Powell did speak yesterday, and his remarks were not much of a surprise, just basically saying the job's not done, we're keeping an eye on the data, we're leaving the door open to uh, another rate hike if necessary. Will he ever come out and say we're done?
7: Uh, At some point he will. He will have to. But I think in the meantime, you know, there's still a note of caution overall. You, you see uh, Jamie Dimon, you know, who so many of us follow as the CEO of Chase Bank, coming out today and saying, we still expect that you may see interest rates another full uh, 100 basis points or one point higher, be that because of the Fed or just because of market forces overall. So I think that, you know, again, it seems like from now till the end of the year with that Fed meeting that uh, many people are taking some assurance that the uh, rates from the Fed point of view are going to stay the same. But will the market sort of do the work for them? I think the nice thing is if we can at the end of the day, although the Fed right now is the gorilla in the room, earnings longer term drive stocks. So to continue to see good earnings is really, really good. And one last stock I do have to talk about because, you know, we handle retail trades all day long. And one of the top three names that's traded every single day being Tesla. And they're on they're a pace for their best day in a month. So, again, you're seeing a lot of the retail favorite names that are helping here, too. We have a big volume day to an upside. So those who are technical analysts are loving that also.
4: J.J. Kinahan, CEO of IG North America, president of Tasty Trade in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, putting up protection walls around artificial intelligence. It's Technology Thursday. President Biden has signed an executive order involving the development and use of artificial intelligence. We welcome Jonathan Brill, artificial intelligence expert, writer, speaker, global futurist. Find him online at jonathanbrill.com. Jonathan, thank you for joining us today. Before we talk about the specifics of this uh, AI executive order and uh, some of the policies that are good in your estimation and some of the policies that need some work, it, it seems interesting to me that the uh, the tech companies and the tech CEOs seem to be well aware of the consequences of unfettered artificial intelligence uh, before even introducing these products to market. Uh, we're not trying to rein them in after the fact.
8: I I think that there are there are two things going on. One, they're trying to build. So, some excitement to drive their share price, to drive the value of the organizations. The second thing is that there is some real concern here about the ability of these, these the next generation, you know, 12, 18 months from now, to really start to shift from being tools that are created by humans to, to tools that start to evolve themselves, that become artificial general intelligences. When that happens, we're going to see a profound difference in the shape of our economy, the shape of our businesses, the shape of our lives, the shape of of national competition. And that's what everybody's so concerned about.
4: And then when it comes to this uh, executive order that uh, the president signed uh, earlier this week, it seems like he's laying out a roadmap not only for American regulators to follow, but for the world to kind of uh, see as a template.
8: We're, we're making an attempt at that. There's a competition really between uh, a Chinese vision and a U.S. vision of what happens next. Just yesterday, 28 governments got together at Blakely Park in the UK and put out a general perspective on what happens next. Uh, the, the U.S., the White House vision uh, is relatively specific. I think it's also relatively aspirational in terms of what uh, the executive branch of our government can do so there are several things that we can do as a country right we can we can start to regulate these things we can start to put them into laws but what the executive branch is doing is is pushing around the edges trying to find new ways to use their existing authority to control a, a, a new opportunity, a new threat, a new way of, of, of being and doing work in our society. Uh, and the questions I think we have to face right now are to what end are we doing this? Is it, is it about trade competition? Is it about existential risk? Uh, and uh, under what authority, right? They're, they're pushing the Defense Procurement Act in new ways. They're putting in AIs in the different departments of government. And then at what cost? When we do these things, they, they impact business innovation, they shape business innovation, they impact free speech, and potentially potentially because of the, the information that becomes accessible or unaccessible to individuals, they impact things like political protest. And so we need to ask, what are the national risks of starting to regulate this, and what are the national advantages?
4: And then very quickly, it also seems that uh, even if you try to be proactive in in, in Addressing the risks, uh, you don't really know. There's there there are the risks that you can see. Uh, to, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, I mean, there's the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns, and there's a lot of this, a lot of these issues that uh, uh, you're trying to address today. Uh, there, there's a whole raft of them that will come up as the technology becomes more prevalent. We're not going to see it until we use it.
8: I think that's absolutely true. Uh, and, And the question that we need to be really getting clear about at this time is what are the goals? What are the societal goals? What are the economic goals? What are the ethical goals for this technology? And what can we agree on worldwide? Right? Because our perspective in the United States of what is right and what is wrong may be very different than the perspective in China or Indonesia or India about what is right and what is wrong. And so how do we create a a common consensus around how to build a better world together as we move into this next development in human history?
4: Jonathan Brill, artificial intelligence expert, writer, speaker, global futurist. Find him online at jonathanbrill.com. Talking about the AI executive order signed by President Biden earlier this week. Join us this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, using tech to try on clothing. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Welcome back to Technology Thursday. More retailers are using generative AI and immersive programs. Programming to allow customers to try on clothing and the privacy of their homes. Let's learn more from Ina Freed, chief technology correspondent covering AI for Axios.com in San Francisco. Ina, thank you for joining us today. And it seems like uh, not too long ago we were using Snapchat or at least kids were using Snapchat to find out uh, which Disney princess they were or using the (laughs) Snapchat technology to get big googly eyes or dog ears or whatever it would do. And uh, before too long, it seems like someone in the retail space had an aha moment and said we could use that to help people try on clothes without coming into the store or going into a fitting room.
9: Yeah, we're seeing the convergence of a couple technologies. I mean, virtual try-ons have been around for a while, but the technology that underlies them is getting better due to advances in augmented reality, like you're talking about, as well as artificial intelligence. Um, But your mileage may vary. Some of these are a lot better than others. So um, it's, you know, worth trying out. I think there's still some amount of trying it on, and if it doesn't fit, returning it. But definitely, you know, this could be a big time saver, Uh, if it works but some of it is also how much you're willing to put into it to send measurements and other things that really make it work well.
4: And then on top of that I mean another uh, function another thing we've been talking about is uh, data security today and uh, how can you make sure that all of your information your measurements and the biometric data that the app uh, keeps on you uh, how can you guarantee that remains secure or can you?
9: Yeah, I mean, we've seen from the data breaches, you know, my general feeling is, you know, anything you share online might eventually get leaked or breached. Um, You know, our measurements are highly personal, clearly. um, But, you know, this isn't your fingerprints. Um, You know, some of us might not want that data out there. But I don't think most of the data that gets leaked and shared is the valuable data that can be used to do things. I don't actually think our measurements are that valuable to criminals, so I don't think we'll see a ton of this. Um, You know, I think it's mostly people. It's hard to measure oneself. So I think people are reticent to do it. Um, Sometimes there's embarrassment. Um, So I think the simpler the tech companies make it, the better. Um, The hard part is the more accurate requires body measurements to really know how it's going to feel or a body scan. And that is much more personal. Uh, I have not done that um, I've not wanted to share that level of data with any retailer.
4: I was going to say, uh, Ina, uh, there's an inter- international group of all-star criminals uh, blackmailing people by uh, publicly revealing that, uh, no, you're not a 36-inch waist after <laughs> all. Yeah, so give us your you know, Social again, Security number.
9: Yeah, I don't, you know, there's, there's so many things out there. This is probably not the one I'd worry about. Um, but the good news is the technology is getting better. It's easier to try on clothes and glasses and makeup and a whole bunch of other things uh, thanks to advances in AR and AI.
4: Ina Fried, technology correspondent with Axios in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today.
3: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today.